Hello, welcome to Cowboy Red. Nottingham Forest head back to Selhurst Park on Saturday evening after their party in London in May. They finished in a draw on the final day of last season as we discuss whether Forest can match or better that this weekend against Crystal Palace in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Michael Temps. Have you finished your mouthful there? Are you ready to talk? Yeah, so I finished finished eating. I've already bored these boys in, in my daughter's bedroom, surrounded by Pepper and, Pepper and George. Can't find my headphones. I'm a shambles, man. Well, I've shaved my beard off because I saw on Twitter someone said this podcast is hosted by a homeless person in a very vitriolic tweet from someone homeless who still vicar. follows me. Homeless wow. vicar. No, I don't think he thinks I'm a vicar. I think he thinks I'm something else. <laughs> he had words for all of us, except except for Arsha because he's too new, but I think he might have had yeah, some yeah. for you as well, Arsha, after a couple of weeks. Uh, Arsha Ali is back with us. Arsha, you've been busy um, doing some good work and we were discussing interesting about how you learn lines. So that's why we were three minutes late, so apologies for that. Um, but yes, you've had a busy morning. Are you well? I am well, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get on with this. Yes, we'll crack on because you've got to get back to work shortly. So, Palace away, like we said, 1-1 last season. They're always one of those very decent sides. How are you seeing this one, Temps? What a day that was last year. Still still high from that, I think. Yeah, we'll get into this. Great time to play them. Missing so many um, attacking threats. Been there or thereabouts for a, for a long time. Just listening to your chat with um Seb in my in my car yesterday and he's he's right isn't he they've become a bit of a fixture of solidity without ever really troubling the top 10 and never seemingly look looking like they're going to get um relegated but they do hold themselves to a standard and when Patrick Vieira fell short they were more than happy to swing the axe and get Roy Hodgson in I think the hallmark of a Roy Hodgson team is that isn't it it's unspectacular but solid uh, well-organised, well-drilled, and we have to aspire to get past Crystal Palace both this weekend and in the medium term. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, as I mentioned, that Seb Hutchison interview that we did yesterday, it's 40, it's 40 minutes long. It's really interesting to get a neutral perspective. Obviously, we see this through a very Forest-centric lens, but he had some interesting thoughts about where we are as a club and the direction that we're going. Um, Arsha, how do you feel about it? I said to Temps before we started recording, just before you joined us, if you go to Palace and you can see two goals, I feel like you're probably a bit disappointed because they don't have a huge attacking threat. But then, like Temps says, they're so they're very resilient down the spine of the team as well. They're very hard to beat, aren't they? Yeah, but also they're like Tem says, you know, they're 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 solid, unspectacular. Um but you know, this is still this is still an, an away game, and we, you know, we're still you know in the beginnings of improving our away performances. I saw a stat as well that Palace haven't actually beaten. This is one of those stats that, like, even saying it now, I want to punch myself because when you hear stuff like this on Sky Sports, when the commentator decides to say this kind of a stat, it's normally the kiss of death. But Palace have never beaten Forest in the Premier League era. So there's something in that, and obviously, you know, last year it was a it was a party, and one of the best uh, chants of the season uh, came out of it. Great, you know, repurposing of Shakira. Um, but I mean, that that is it, isn't it? You know, that they even though they're missing say um, and they're missing Elise and Utsun Edward, they're still that defense is still solid. That is a really solid defense, like, and they have been together for ages. You know, I mean, three out of that four would you'd have them at our club. You'd have Tyreek Mitchell, you'd have Mark Gay, you'd have Joachim Anderson. Of course, you would. And then behind them, they've got you know 
again, a solid goalkeeper, solid if unspectacular goalkeeper in Sam Johnston. And we won't mention the other bloke. Um, but uh, it, I think it will, even though it seems on paper, just like we said last week as well against Brentford, you know, on paper with all the injuries, you, you feel like it's an easier task. But I just don't feel that that's appropriate and applicable because they are, like Brentford, a team that are much further along the line than us in terms of their development. I mean, I saw a stat as well that, and this, I wasn't surprised by this because I thought, yeah, of course, but Palace have only used 18 players so far this season and we've used like 25, you know, so that, I mean, that's, you know, a difference of seven players or whatever, but that's, that's big. You know, we've still got players that we're trying to bring in. I know we'll go on to talk about, you know, potentially the goalkeeper situation, et cetera, but, you know, we're still trying to bring players in and, and, and trying to, to bed them in. But, you know, when you have performances like Mario's performance against Brentford, it kind of makes you think, oh, you know, well, that's one you've ticked off. He looks like he might settle and Sangare is starting to settle. But, you know, I think it will be trickier than we expect. But hopefully you're looking at a, a Forest win, a very narrow Forest win, if not yeah, a draw. You can name that back five temps and you know Decore in front of them is a good sitting midfielder. So even if they are lacking goals, would you take a draw now or do you go there with the ambition and belief to win the game, which will lead into our formation and tactics and personnel discussion, I think. Oh, you're muted. How are you muted? No, I'm looking I'm looking to win, hence the um, the, the back four when we get to the teams. But, yeah, you mentioned some good players there, some weak links as well. Whoever comes in for Eze won't match his level. Uh, mm. Will Hughes, Derby bias aside, is not a central midfielder that should be uh, you know, and instilling fear into anybody in, 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 in our group. I'd probably put Schlupp in that same bracket as well. I do like Jordan Ayew. I think he's the better of the brothers. Um, but yeah, defensive solidity is is what they're known for. They beat Manchester United in a really efficient manner. Didn't have much of the ball uh, at all and dealt with it really well. But so disrupted um, by injury, suspension and having to pick a needs-must team at a point where we've got so many um, different combinations and players to, to choose from. So we have to go with an attacking mindset. For me, I don't want this to become as simple as wingers at home, no wingers away, shut up shop, be hard to beat. I, I, I said before, I saw this this run of fixtures as a trio of winnable games. And I, I still well and truly believe that we can be a front foot side away at Selhurst Park. Uh, we'll get into our formations and selections then. Just say Palace are ninth, 11 points from seven games. They do have injuries, as we've kind of touched on. Obviously, Wolf Sahar has left the club. Michael Lise is injured. Um, Eberich Eze, who's their you know, star man, he's injured. And Austin Edward, as um, Ash said, is also out. So that's basically all their forwards are missing. There's, there's also um, a doubt over Jefferson Lerma as well, I think, who's a he's player I like. I know, you know, he's very solid. He's been very solid for, for Bournemouth. But yeah, like Tem says, you know, that midfield that they're probably going to go with is probably going to be, you know, William from Derby, um, Yaro Riedervelt, uh, and, and Czech Decore, who, you know, we were trying to sign as well. He's such a good, I think he was their player of the season, if I'm not wrong. Hmm. So, you know, when, when we get into the teams, you'll see. But when you see a, a possible midfield trio or two out of that lot, you know, you think you'd back us, surely. Yeah, true, true. Um... Let's put our teams up. We'll start with Thames. There's a few 
Uh, obviously, injury uh, question marks. Nicholas Dominguez is kind of in and out of a few of these teams we haven't heard yet. Steve Cooper should be doing his press in the next hour, but we do know Steve Cooper's injury updates and what transpires on the pitch. I don't often tally, so we'll have to just wait and see till Saturday, I think. Let's put Temps' team up. I'll read it out for those who are listening or watching. Uh, it's probably not exactly how he wanted it to look from his very scribbled out notes he sent me on WhatsApp, but this is how the graphic producer has turned it out. So it's um, Matt Turner in goal, back for Aurier, Bolly, Murillo and Harry Toffolo. Sangare, or Sangare, I should say. Guy says Sangare, so perhaps it is as a French speaker. Sangare, I'll have to check that. Uh, sitting in front of a back four and then Mangala and Dominguez in midfield with a pretty flat-looking midfield of Ilanga and Gibbs-White in the, in behind a one-year. Is that how you want it to look, Temps? Just give us your general thoughts so I pick a few names out. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think you've done a really decent job in Microsoft Paint. I'm still back in the goalie. I think that you're right. There will be voices from within the club um, that are probably seeing Lacodemos' day coming soon. Turner, though, for me, does, does not deserve... Uh, the, the, the drop at this point. I think we should continue to to back him. Murillo did enough for me to keep his place. I think this is obviously the the the, the biggest debating point, the four versus the five and the personnel at centre-half. But I'm advocating for trying to keep a, a relatively um, settled side there. We don't quite know what's going off with the um, the injury to to Olerain. I thought Toffolo was impressive uh, when he when he came on and deserves, deserves some backing. The midfield blend here, I've got Sangare screening. I didn't want to drop Dominguez. I thought he was excellent at the weekend, but it was a hindsight mistake to leave out Morgan Gibbs-White. He has to come back in. That's not where I was advocating him for, for him being last week. I was saying we should play him in that luxury spot just behind the nine, give him the freedom, give him the minders, give him the runners. But I, I don't see a means of, of getting the, the, the balance correct in centre mid without Morgan Gibbs-White being a bit of a make-weight and playing off the left, but drifting around as he does and getting on the ball. For some fair comments about the um, flip coin, coin flip call between Elanga and Callum Hubson-Odoi, but I think Mangala did enough to uh, to keep his place and Tywa is absolutely inked in any time that he's, that he's fit. So lots of um, uh, potential changes to this, but this is, the, this is the team I'm going with. I think it gets the the right blend between defensive solidity and, and dynamism going forward. And really excited to see that blend of Sangare, Dominguez and Gibbs-White combining. I think those three could become a, a, a real important access if we can find a way to get them all on the pitch at the same time. And just before I ask you a few questions around names, I should say, I think Sunday is the deadline for voting in the Football Content Awards. Obviously, we're up for two. Uh, best Premier League podcast, Best Premier League content creator. If you haven't and you would be willing to vote for us, that'd be great. It's footballcontentawards.com forward slash forward slash voting. Uh, any support, very much appreciated. Let's ask you about a couple of names there, Temps. I mean, you've got Turner in goal. Is that a 60-40, 50-50? What, what, if you were, how close would you be to put in Lacodemos in? At some point in the next three weeks, Turner's going to get dropped and this guy's going to get a go. I just think that when we do that, it can't be a flip-flop. If, if, if a player is coming in to challenge our current first-choice keeper, then the dropping needs to be justified and he needs to be given a run of three, four games plus for me. I just don't think Turner has quite done enough wrong. I'm saying this blind. I've, I've never seen Vlacodimos play football. 
So I might, I might flip flop myself in three, four weeks' time when he's had three worldies and kept a couple of clean sheets. But I'm, I'm still back in Turner for now. But I do feel there's a, there's a time coming in the next two to three matches where we're going to see the, uh, the big Greek lad get a go. Uh, I'll ask. There's another player I'll ask, I'll ask Arsha back. So he wants to talk about him. So I'll come to that. Just on Gibbs White, you'd yeah. be comfortable with him playing sort of, sort of, it's not a left winger. He's playing off the left, drifting in, which would probably put an emphasis on Toffolo to get forwards more, I guess. Yeah, he's, look, he's done this before. And it was it was me advocating last week to, to find an, an out-and-out left winger to accommodate Morgan Gibbs-White at number 10. I think it's, there's, a, there's a subtle attacking twist as well in having... Um, point down in centre mid, i.e. one CDM rather than two, and allowing more freedom to to Mangala and, and Dominguez. Maybe Dominguez can can play off the left and can still impact games. I'm not sure. I need to see him more, but yeah, this is how I've accommodated Morgan Gibbs White. Toffolo, great ball for the cross for the goal for for Dominguez. Very w- willing runner. I think you made the point, Matt, of him being a consistent seven seven point five out of ten. Um, unspectacular, but rock solid defensively as well doesn't abandon his post, seems structured and organised. Uh, he won't play when when Aina is fit. Um, but there, may, there may yet still be a, a way of accommodating another player at left back. But I think if Harry Toffolo is going to start a game, it's this one having made a positive impact from the bench. Yeah, I think, I mean, that just, just going on uh, your lineup there, accommodating Gibbs White on the, on the left, that's not a bad thing because if you look at all of our attacks so far this season, we're, we're doing exactly what we did last season. We're favouring the right. And that's not, you know, that's eye test and stats as well that are showing that we are favouring the right wing in our attacks. So I, I don't I don't dislike that. I think Gibbs White, if we're doing that on the other side, I think, you know, Gibbs White on the left, drifting in, you know, and sort of edge of the box, that, that could work. But I'm not, in mine, obviously, like, if I was doing a version of that, I think I would possibly swap Alanga for Callum hudson Adoy if he was comfortable on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come to Arsha's uh, shortly. I should say as well, if uh, there's almost 300 of you with us, which is great, do like and subscribe. Uh, it helps. So, yeah, put a like on the stream now if you could. And we've had lots of iTunes reviews last week, which are good. I've read all them. So thank you very much for that. Let's have a look at Arsha's team. And again, I'll read it out for those of you who are listening on iTunes or Spotify and other platforms. Uh, Archer Arsha has got the Colimos in goal, Aurier, Bolly, Murillo and Toffolo across the back four. And then uh, Sangare, oh, Sangare and Mangala with Gibbs White in advance of them, hudson Adoy, and Elanga wide either side of a one-year. So it's sort of a 4-3-3, Arsha, I guess you're going to say. Well, how would you sum it up and what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, where, where do you want to start? There's a few bombs in there, um, not least uh, the, mon, the, the man marked in yellow. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for a, for a bit further along. Yeah, I mean, you've got, I think I had... Um, Alanga and Hudson Odoi switch around, obviously, um, in mind because Alanga is always seeming to be on the on the right. So I, I would have that that way um, that switched over. Um, I don't think it's going to. We're not going to see a back three. I'd be massively shocked, and we haven't even sort of mentioned it. That's how much it's kind of off the thinker. I don't think we're going to go uh, back three. But I guess the one thing I did actually like get vaguely right. Uh, last week against Brentford was the matchup, and I think that's another way of going here because Palace, you know, they do sort of tend to play in this kind of a four-two-three-one 
slash 433 becomes, you know, 451, loads of phone numbers again. So I think I think matching up, again, for me, I feel comfortable with that because we're not, you know, we still haven't quite figured out what we are as a team. And I feel like when you're in that kind of, you know, germination period or whatever, especially before this international break where, you know, hopefully he gets, you know, whoever's left, he gets to kind of work with a bit. But in this kind of period, it feels to me that that a matchup, again, feels right. And, and, and I'm not particularly comfortable, especially against a team, you know, who, who, like we said earlier, you know, you want to be up there and competing with and possibly beating. I don't feel comfortable with going, you know, as simple, like we've said, as simple as back three away, four at the back, four at the back at home, you know, and, and that's it. There's no, there's no in between. Um, but what I will say with this one, and I'm wait, just, just to go back as well, I'm pretty sure it's Sangare because like someone's mentioned in the comments and like I thought as well, there is an accent on the E at the end, I think. Mm. Um, I'm going to stick with Sangare because I, I enjoy saying it, Sangare. Um, so, I mean, obviously this team, I know a lot of people are kicking off in the comments about Dominguez. I'm assuming this team is without Dominguez. Mm. If Dominguez is fit, then then it's a, then it's another uh, conversation to have, and a, quite a, a, you know an awkward one. But let I mean, let's start with Toffolo. Let's start with Toffolo. We'll we'll get on to Vlakadimos uh, uh, later. But Toffolo, you know, there were there were groans when he when he when he got up to come on. You know, don't lie, everyone. You all felt it. You all had that groan inside. You know, why is he bringing on Toffolo? And then he comes on, and along with Gibbs White, he's he changes the game. You know, I think you know it was Steve Cooper who was saying that he's one of the best crosses in the in the team, and you know he's been solid for it. He's been quite solid, you know, at, at left back for us. So I'm I'm comfortable with with putting him in, especially with Palace's injuries. But also another thing to note with Palace is losing players like Zaha and Elise and Eze, they they have they've lost that kind of one v one dribbling ability. It seems to have disappeared. Like Schlupp isn't that guy. Uh Ayu isn't really that guy. They're not two players, maybe maybe Ayu a little bit, but they're not two players that I feel like, oh, you know, we're gonna have a lot of trouble with them in behind. I, I don't think that that's that's an issue, especially not with Zaha and, and Elise. So I feel comfortable with that back four. I thought Maria, Maria was very good. Obviously, Aurea, we feel great about him at right back, Bolly. Sangare, I'm surprised we didn't you didn't talk about this on Monday, but it feels like it's the most peak forest thing that's happened in, in a while. So here we here we've spent nearly two years trying to chase this uh, midfield destroyer, this defensive general that we that we thought. Okay, I know what you're going to say. We sign him, and then he's he's like literally playing off the one you against Brentford. He was so far forward; it was great. He was winning the ball quite high up, but it it was a shock, and especially because you know we knew that Gibbs White was out. But it was a shock to basically see him right up there, so advanced as basically an attacking midfielder. So that 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 just made me chuckle in the stands. So just thought that's that's just peak Forest, isn't it? Um, Mangala, great. Um, and Gibbs White, I was really impressed with how he came, how his attitude uh, of coming off the bench. Like he was really fired up, wasn't he? And if he can add that kind of defensive aspect to his game, then he might, you know, he might end up being a bit more of an all-round midfielder than we than we think. So 
that one is a tricky one in terms of if, if Dominguez is fit, you know, what what do you do with Gibbs White? And then that's where I kind of lean towards more in uh, towards Temps' starting 11. I'd have possibly Gibbs White instead of Hudson Adoy. I'm oh, sorry, instead of Alango and have Hudson Adoy over the other side. The thing with Alango is he's very, I know I've been talking for ages, he's very raw still. We know that. But for me, he just needs to, it's that kind of, he'll get it because being around Steve Cooper, I think he will, he will fully believe in his, in his own ability, but he just needs to be, a, he can be, he can afford to be a bit more sure of himself. The thing I want to see him stop doing is stop. I want him to stop stopping. Mm. Like when he gets played in, he has the pace to destroy most but for some reason, there seems to be a bit of a disconnect. So we'll play him in. He looks like he's absolutely eaten the, the the left back or whatever. And then he stops. And then there's that stuttering. And then there's that trying to, you know, uh, 1v1 dribble. And I think, you know, he needs to back himself. I think with his pace, the, the, the end product will come. But I think with his pace, he can afford to back himself a bit more. And then Taiwo obviously is Taiwo. Yeah, I mean, Hickey was on a yellow card after 70 seconds. I don't think we saw him take him on again after that. He's, no. He does stumble over the ball a bit. He, he tries to stand up a fullback and then, yeah, just run. I mean, it's, you've got that raw attribute. Well, we'll come on to my team, actually, because it, it follows up on that and it um, uh, does not feature Elanga for the reason because I think he's better off the bench at this stage. Once again, I'll read mine out and give my uh, thoughts on it. So, uh, Vlacodemos in goal, I'll come on to him. Uh, and extend that discussion. Both after. dropping the keeper. Look at him, brutal. Well, hang, uh, hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. I'll elaborate. Um, so, Cotton Osingo, Aurier, Bolly, Murillo, and uh, Ola Aina, if fit, at the left back. Um, Sangare, Mangala, Dominguez, if fit, in midfield. Hudson Adoy, Gibbs White, and uh, Awanyi with Gibbs White, as his attempt says, sort of off the left, um, playing in that centre role. So, I'll just give some quick thoughts on that. I mean, Vlacodemos, like Temp said, He's going to be in the team in the next three weeks. I'm kind of at the stage of, if you think he's the best goalie, you might as well pick him. The worry is, if he comes in and has a mare, then you've got to go cap in hand back to Turner and hope he's like mentally right. But it's a, that's a real coin toss for me. Whatever they pick, I, I, you, you kind of back the decision. Um, Aina at left back, if he's fit again, I mean, Toffolo was really good, but Aina was top-notch in virtually every game before him. And I think, you know, is Harry Toffolo going to play the remaining 20, what have we got, 31 games left or something like that? Probably not, but Olerena could. And if he's fit, I'd pick him. Um, midfield three kind of picks itself. If, if Dominguez is out, then it's Ryan Yates. If Ryan Yates is out, then it's Santos. And I'll ask uh, Arsha about Santos. Surely somebody wants to talk about him. And then um, Hudson Joy uh, playing from the right. Gibbs White, as we said. And as I said on Monday, I think he should have started. I think he just... Pick your best creative player, unless he's been playing terribly, and I don't think he has been. Uh, and then a one up front. Uh, what's we talking about? Uh, yeah, talk to us about that midfield spot, Arshu. I didn't ask you about it. If Dominguez is out, would it be uh, would Ryan Yates come in, or how would you work that midfield? Yeah, this is well, this is a tricky one because you know I will say as well. Obviously, if Ola Aina is is fit, you know he goes in and, and instead of Toffolo easily. But I mean, I don't know what what the deal is with Dominguez and Ryan. Isn't Ryan Yates injured as well? 
Well, um, yeah, he missed the last game with injury, so he's a doubt as well, which takes us down to Santos. And I know yeah. you said you wanted to talk about him. So what's your what's your take there? Are you not picking him at all? Or, or, or no, it's not. It's not that you know. I'm not. Look, the thing with Santos is, I mean, there's not been a lot to be you know ticked off about. Let's say, let's keep it clean. Um, with Forrest these days, you know, everything seems to be going, you know, reasonably well. I'll touch some wood. But this Santos thing, I mean, it's it's becoming a bit of a sideshow, you know, and and Forrest as a club recently, you know, we're not we're not the best uh in terms of the press. You know, we get a lot of bad we get quite a bad rap in the press sometimes. And and you know, a lot of the time it's kind of, you know schoolboy stuff that you know maybe we could kind of clean up and and not you know have to have a bit of uh, laundry in the kind of public eye but this thing you know this is a kind of sideshow that we we don't really need and we don't kind of want really and I, and I don't like this kind of public pressure that seems to be coming this kind of spin it's you know it should be reserved for for you know politicians this amount of spin i don't i don't like that a journalist like fabrizio romano is so influenced by an agent that he's about to you know put pressure on on a club so publicly i mean at the end of the day i love that term end of the day it's such a cliche but at the end of the day if he was so good why is he not at chelsea still like chelsea could do with him more than we can mm. you know if you look at chelsea now how they're playing they've they've got more of more room for someone like andre santos than us it does feel like and i know this has been floated around that it was all about the timing and they weren't sure of whether they were going to get x player or you know y player so it was a, a case of you know let's let's get him in now it's a good deal it's a loan it helps ffp etc you know that we're not having to put out a massive fee but the thing is with all this as well now it's because there was someone in the athletic as well who put out a piece and then tried to backtrack in his tweets, you know, of kind of, oh, look, you know, this is a piece I've written, but I'm not blaming Forrest, promise. And, you know, no comments. You're not allowed to say anything on his tweet. But I just, the, the, the irony is, is that after all this tomfoolery, it probably feels like he's actually closer to the team than he has been in a while, especially if Yates is injured and Dominguez is out. You know, mm -hmm. so just, just do your research. Like, actually know what the situation is before you start, doing this all in in in, in public mm -hmm. i don't okay. doubt on this we owe andre santos absolutely nothing and if, if chelsea or his management team or fabrizio romano so decides let him go back i don't necessarily think this has come from santos himself or they won't be happy most importantly of all i don't think steve cooper gives it a second glance he reads a line in the mail saying chelsea might recall andre santos no problem it's because he's so far down the depth chart to start a game for forest it's almost immaterial. So the politics of Twitter accounts with followings like Fabrizio's or his agent rightly wanting to place him in the shot window to return and shine at Chelsea or to, to be further loaned to, to other sides or to be traded away, not our problem. Pick the best side. If that means Andre Santos getting driven back to London, no issue. The other thing is as well, he is going to get a chance at some point and he's so talented, you probably back him to perform. You know, and he might keep his place then. So just keep your head down. I said this on Monday. There's no, and I don't think it necessarily comes from him. It's just his agent. Busy, busy agents are a pain in the ass, really. So yeah, get on with it, really. Um, people say in the comments, I saw Derek say Turner does not deserve to be dropped. I agree, he doesn't deserve to be dropped, but there's an air of inevitability about 
Greece's number one goalkeeper signing for Nottingham yeah. Forest. Is not. I just yeah. don't think he's going to sit on the bench post January. So yeah, I mean this this is not a Paniotis Taxidis kind of situation here. Does anyone remember him? Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah, signed for Olympia. The guy who uh, famously uh, cried from the airport um, from Heathrow to Nottingham uh, because he was so distraught at leaving Athens. This isn't that situation. We haven't brought this guy in to like have him sat on the bench, but also, you know, in January, we might, you know, because he's not got into our team or whatever, you know, he, he disappears into the night and disappears off to Serie A. This is not that situation. This is more, to me, this feels more like a kind of Andreas uh, Bruchelakis, uh, Apostolos Velios situation. They brought him in, and this is my my own opinion, obviously. They they want to see him in the starting eleven. They want to see him given a chance. And it feels like, I know we've talked about this before, but it feels like there's an air of, you know, you make one mistake, Matt Turner, and you're out, because we're looking for a reason to... to to bring the order, the, the pecking order, back to what we think it should be. It might not be, you know, Steve Cooper. I, I don't want to put any kind of inference on, you know, uh, interference, etc. blah, blah, blah. But it does feel like the timing of the signings has skewed the view of who is number one and who is number two. You know, with him coming in so late and Turner obviously coming in earlier. But... It just feels like you don't bring a player like that in. With all of his experience, compared to Matt Turner's experience, you don't bring a player like that and leave him on the bench. I feel like the showing against Brentford might have some kind of, you know, people might have some kind of snap judgments over that. But for me, here's the thing with Matt Turner. He is currently filling a, an Eric Lehigh-shaped hole in all of our hearts. Like, with every passing interview you just love him even more like his story everything is kind of underdog story everything about him makes it so hard to say what i'm about to say like he for me is not a number one goalkeeper i can't see it yes he is for the u.s national team but then you know there's not a massive amount uh for them to pick from but for me and this isn't a snap judgment from brentford this is anyone who knows me who has who i've you know texts my kind of furious nonsense to about forest I've, I've not been convinced by Turner from the beginning. There's just, there's just, he feels like he is a goalkeeper from a different era. If he was a goalkeeper in the late 90s, early 2000s, my God, he would be Tottenham's number one. He'd probably be Blackburn's number one, whoever. You know, he would be that goalkeeper because that's what you need. That's what you needed at that time. Now it feels like goalkeepers are asked to do so much stuff you know, you're a modern goalkeeper now. You're not expected to be just rooted on your line, which Matt Turner, you know, if you watch him in the stand, if you've been, I've been to quite a few games, like if you watch him, he is someone who feels very comfortable standing on his line. He doesn't want to be coming out. He doesn't want to be closing down things. You know, he's looking to others to do that. That doesn't qualify as a kind of modern goalkeeper. His distribution isn't great. He's not comfortable with his feet. Those things don't count as a modern goalkeeper. Now we're saying this, you know, um, uh, Odysseus Vlacadimos, that's how you say his name. He's going to come in. We've seen him, you know, on YouTube. If you've seen any Benfica games, you, you've seen him. He, he, you know, he looks like a very solid shot stopper. He looks like someone who 
fills the goal with his kind of uh, thank you. With his, <laughs> thank you, landscape photography. Um, he looks like someone who just fills the goal. Whereas for me, and this is so awful that I'm about to say this, but Matt Turner looks like a kid who's been given a goalkeeper's shirt and gloves that are too big for him. There's just something that I don't I don't feel comfortable with him in, in goal. I feel very comfortable with him being like a very capable number two, but uh, this, I feel awful saying all these things. But I mean, he, I mean, uh, he might come in like a Demos and and just be like you say. He might have a mare, and then what do we do? You know, his distribution. I don't know if anybody's seen his uh, goal kick, his special goal kick that he kind of invented. I don't think he had the balls to actually use it in a game. I think he might have done it against Milan in a in a friendly. But if you see it, it's quite funny on YouTube. If you can find it, he does this kind of goal kick where he scoops the ball up to the defender and the defender heads it back and he takes it in his arms and then launches like a crazy long throw out of the wing. Now I saw that and I thought, oh, that's that's funny. But then I thought, hang on a second, does that mean that his distribution might be a bit off? Mm. Who knows? And then you read the scout reports like we all do. As soon as Forrest signs someone, you read about Brazilian uh, scout reports to see which one's actually right when you actually see the player. And distribution is something that's kind of been mentioned, but shot stopping and, you know, just having a presence and being that kind of modern goalkeeper, he seems like he's someone who has definitely got that tick. But, you know, YouTube, again, you watch him, he does feel like he might have a flap in him as well. But mm. let's, see. let's see. I think that they're just, they want to see him in. You don't bring Greek, Greek you know, and he's not even the, the first Greek goalkeeper that we've had. Does anyone know the other two? Stefanos. Stephanos. Yes. One. Anyone else? Uh... He didn't actually play for Forest, but they're both Greek caps. No, anyway, no. Someone will get it. Someone will get it. Okay, Kapinos, I remember, was one because he didn't play, or Kapinos. Um, I just say on Turner as well, like he wasn't signed as a number one. If he comes in stock like Anana coming to United, has a Rick, then he's going to get away with it. But there's always been that shadow over Turner, which is why I think he's a good goalie, but... I think he's been drafted in as a number two. Um, let's just have a look. Uh, I did do a three at the back team, and then I'll uh, get Temps's take on that uh, on the other side. I'll just read out. This is again. This is not the team I would play personally, but I've drawn up a, a three at the back because there is the possibility. So I put Turner in goal on this one. You know, coin toss. It could be anyone. Uh, Warrell, Bolly, Murillo. Obviously, Niakate suspended after his red card. Felipe. Doesn't look like he's playing anytime soon, so uh, Joe would come in. Uh, Aurier and Aina as wingbacks, although it could be um, Toffolo, of course, or Montiel. We've got about here. Nico Williams. I'd love to know if he's injured or not. Uh, I think he. I think he said someone on suggested he was, but he's really drifted out of the pecking order. Then a midfield three: Sangari, Mangala, Dominguez, and Gibbs White in support of a one-year. That graphic's terrible. Sorry, this is like a. It's like they're in a queue. A one-year Gibbs White and Dominguez, but you get the picture. That kind of. 5-3-1-1 formation. Temps, would you absolutely hate that team or can you see some merit in it? Well, Turner's not available anymore because Arsh has called him a taxi, which I think is just taking him back down to <laughs> Heathrow now. He's cleared his, he's cleared his locker and he wants nothing to do with this team. From imaginary that. <laughs> oh, no. I feel awful. I, just, I, feel I think if this kind of side would have half a chance of being selected if we still had um, you know, an elite right-winger along the profile of Brennan Johnson, who could make this an asymmetrical right-side-focused game plan. I just don't think we're going to abandon the quality that Elanga and or Hudson-Odoi and or Morgan Gibbs-White can, can give us 
in wider areas. So I think this would be a backward step. I think this would be a shape and a structure that we would have um, looked to have played last season when an away point at Palace uh, would have been celebrated far more than it is now as we look to raise expectation. One really good point Arsha made a couple of answers ago was about Sangare uh, winning high turnovers. And I think that's a, a marker of the potential evolution of Forest if rather than retreating into banks of four and five, we can try and counter-press and regain possession in the final third. That's transformative in terms of our, our outlook as a club, the ambition that we set and the way in which we, we set about attacking teams, um, particularly uh, on the road. So I think that's a really positive way of, of deploying him. Dominguez was such a, a willing runner in the press at the weekend. And I think both of those players, the energy of those players and the skill set of those players um, is, is a further example of the evolution of Forest. This team is not about evolution. This is a hark back to last season when we were trying to be solid at the back and nick a point on the break. I don't think that's us now. I don't think we're going to use this shape. I don't think we're going to use these personnel. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind it. It wouldn't be my team. I think you could play it and you could go there. But I think you, you can be positive going to a team like Palace. This is a team I would recommend more against a top six team. I'll come back to Arsha now. A couple of people have got Dimi Constantopoulos, uh, who I believe is the keeper. Arsha, he got there injured, didn't he? Yeah, well done, Greg. Yeah, a couple of people. Yeah, how good was Bouchelakis, by the way, for one game when he scored two worldies oh, against Brentford? Promised, promised the earth yeah. and then completely faded. <laughs> um, just on Worrell, obviously, you know, we've advocated him playing. I wouldn't advocate him playing this weekend. I think we've struck a pairing with Bolly and Murillo. I, I think it's going to be difficult for Worrell to get back in this team if we're going to play a back four now. What do you think, Arsh? Is, is is this the biggest challenge he's faced now to get regular games for Forest? Yeah, I mean, he had his uh, period out uh, last season, didn't he? Where he had to win his place back, and he, and you know, he, he pretty much did win his place back. Um, it's a tricky one, it's, you know. Again, it was one of those things that you know you could hear rumblings around you, and you could hear conversations, and people were like, "Oh, you know, this is our first eleven where we haven't got you know a homegrown player, and it feels weird." Um, yeah. I don't know. It's. I really like Joe Worrell. Like I really genuinely like him, and I and I'm very happy with him in a, in a three. But I mean, do you stand in the way of progress? You know what 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 do you do here? Like, for me, he's he's someone who. Puts his body on the line. He's he's very. Some of his kind of like hail marys come off quite quite nicely. And he's forest through and through. You know, it's it's such a heart v head one. This one, you know, I, I don't really know what what the answer is, but he, I don't know. You just you feel better with him at the club, but as someone just put in the comments, there's no room for sentiment. Yeah, uh, but then equally, Greg says, you know, at Chelsea, he was unbelievable, best performance of his career. Yeah. I thought he was fine against Burnley. Didn't he did anything wrong to get dropped? And mm. played really well at the end of last season. But then mm. equally, you're not going to drop Bolly. You're not going to drop Murillo. You've got Felipe. You've got Nia Cate. There's so many good options now. I, I think it's just a case of if you've got the shirt and you're playing well, Temps, you probably have a right to expect to play, don't you? Felipe's going to parachute back in at some point, And it, it looks like he's been training more and more this week. So I don't think he's necessarily needs to be introduced from the bench. I think with his level of experience and his his poise, 
he could quite happily be dropped in uh, relatively cold and, and, and start a game. So that's going to happen at some point. Niakate still um, worries me. Case in point at the weekend, obviously, the, the criticism of him internally is the decisions he makes in what, what the Forest coaches call extreme defending. So those periods where you're one-on-one on an island or recovering or having to, to make a, uh, something that is you know out of the shape, out of the ordinary, the, the charge level that uh, Moussa Niakate is, he makes rash choices in those kinds of pressure situations. And whatever your view on the nature of the contact uh, that got him sent off at the weekend, it wasn't a bright decision to do that in front of the, the referee um, at, that, at that time. So Niakate, with a cool head, has all of the physical facets, all of the footballing facets to be... Uh, an automatic selection in this team. But we'll find ourselves um, debating his inclusion because of that mindset. Joe's been accused of lack of pace at times, but reads the ball in behind very well. Willie Bolly, probably the, the opposite of that. He's an absolute monster, isn't he? Headers and tackles, backs against the wall last 20 minutes. You'd, you'd back him every time. Is he particularly good when he gets turned? Murillo could be anything, couldn't he? He could be dropped or an ever-present for the rest of the season and a Brazil cap within 18 months. Who knows? It's We're blessed with options at centre-half. I think we're going to continue to make uh, mistakes as, as we look to guess who's going to get the nod in any particular game. But the health of that battle and what they're going to be doing to each other in training. Cooper mentioned the, the kind of uh, rise and in intensity of uh, on non-match days at the, at the training ground, I think stands us in really good stead. I just hope a relatively settled two um, emerges from this, and I hopefully pays part of it sooner rather than later because he had such a steadying influence at the back end of last season. Yeah, I mean, Felipe, if you're picking a first-choice pairing, Felipe is number one on that list if fully fit. The second spot's up for grabs. I think... Right, just, on the sen- just on the sentiment thing, sorry to interrupt, um, oh that, that is that is a reality. And if if Joe and Yatesy and players like that are to become um, uh, bench warmers in a meritocracy because we've gone out and signed players of you know, demonstrable... Um, experience or, or skill that that is that is a part of of the evolution. They have to raise their game and kick on again. And don't bet against them doing that because Ryan Yates has already done that three times in his career. Yeah, it's a good debate to be had, isn't it? I mean, I saw Dan in the comments saying, "Bolly's getting respects our best defender. He's a great pure defender, but he, he's got faults. Like he's not the quickest. He's not the best on the ball. He couldn't stay fit for three seasons. This is his longest run of fitness in a long time." which is right now why we're seeing that consistency out of him, why he definitely 100% deserves to be in the team at the moment. But each of the centre-halves we've got has got issues, basically, which is probably why we need someone to stick their hands up and have that settled um, back two, back three. Because I, I think Archer is important, isn't it? We can't spend forever chopping and changing the defence and midfield. We, we need to use these next six or eight weeks, for me, where we've got decent fixtures to, to try and come up with a formula, haven't we? Yeah, I mean to bring it back to Palace who we're playing, you know, look at them. You know, that that's that back four is is so solid, you know, and that and that's you kind of know what you're getting from them and then you know also that they're quite a very, you know, they're quite a strong defensive unit. I mean we'll throw this stuff at the wall and some of it will stick and when it does, you know, then it's it's something that we don't have to talk about. Mm, true. 
Right, we've covered a lot of ground in 43 minutes or so. Uh, just a few bits of admin to sweep up and uh, some messages. Good luck to Lee Wood again. I think we mentioned that on Monday, but against Josh Warrington at the weekend in Sheffield. It's on at the same time. Well, he's, he'll be fighting after the Forest match, so hopefully uh, people get to see both. Uh, Forest women v Derby women on Sunday at the City Ground, 2pm kickoff. We normally uh, do a preview for that, so apologies that we haven't. Tickets from £6 and upwards, but do get down if you can and do vote for us in the Football Content Awards. I won't push that again because I already have. Uh, Arsha, anything else from you before we let you go? Uh, no, looking forward to the game, looking forward to watching it um, at home to get a different perspective. Um, it's always nice. Yeah, certainly is. Temps, anything from you? Like Arsha says, Saturday's a day. If you're not lucky enough to have a ticket with Selhurst Park, get wedged on your settee. Get Sky Sports on and just flick through everything that's going off. I don't plan to move within six <laughs> feet of my of my little corner of my settee where I choose to, yeah, <laughs> commandeer <laughs> and keep the kids out of all at all, at all costs. That'll be me on nice. Saturday. Nice. Uh, is Mrs. Temple aware of this already in advance? Ah, well, I was going to say if she wasn't, she is now. But this is the last thing she listened to. So um, yeah, she'll find out on Saturday. <laughs> True. Right. Uh, we'll leave it there. We're back on Monday. Uh, actually, an unchanged lineup there because Temps and Arsha are with us again and Fletch is with us as well. So we'll review that game and then uh, international break. We'll have some content through that, no doubt. So hopefully people can listen to that and enjoy it. Uh, Arsha, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Temps. Cheers, fellas. See you soon. Have a good few days. Enjoy the game and we shall see you soon. <laughs>